We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. What is up? Welcome into Mizzou. That's who I am, one of your wonderful co-hosts here, Tucker Franklin. Join with Gabe DeArmond and Maggie Johnson, as I always am. Mizzou coming off a tough loss, 40-12 to to the uh, Kansas State football Wildcats in Manhattan. It was a rainy day, a soggy day in Manhattan. Terrible weather, terrible football, terrible vibes all around. I said, worst football game I've ever been to in my life. I'm still drying off uh, from the rain and just sitting in the rain. Um, but Gabe, how are you doing today? I'm good. It was 72 and dry in the press box. Excellent food in Manhattan <laughs> as usual. Um, I did. There were a few people I was planning to meet up with out in the parking lots before the game. I got to Manhattan at like 8:30, and I texted him. I'm like, I don't think this is gonna work out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay up here, <laughs> and I was uh, very pleased cool. that I did. Good call, Maggie. How are you doing? What was your Saturday like watching that game? You know, it was like 85 and sunny here in St. Louis. Um, so. <laughs> Also, uh, better circumstances than uh, what you sat through, Tucker. But yes, it was uh, one of the worst football games I've ever watched on television. And I watched it until that very last no time left touchdown. So it was um, it was rough for us all. I can promise you that. I will say this. Kansas State fans not very happy. Eli Drinkwitz took that time out to get the touchdown and to salvage salvage some pride there at the end. Me, I was happy. I got the live over. Um, and I got that, that, the points there, Eli gave me that. the points. I, I, I was wondering, cause I thought like, at least nobody can accuse him of trying to cover, you know, like this is, I, I, I would not have, I, I agree. I side with Kansas state fans on this. I, I didn't like that. It was, it was a little, uh, I, I was, he probably heard me yell for the timeout. I was right there on the, on the, on the first row. I was yelling Eli timeout. Um, he's like, yeah, you're right. That's a good idea. So I called timeout, got me the over. I got the live line at halftime um, at that 40. I think it was like 46 and a half or something like that. Um, it would, no, it would have been more than that or less than that. But um, anyway, um, shout out to our friends at DraftKings for that. We'll talk about them later on in the show. We're rocking our Charlie Hustle stuff. Uh, let's just get into it. All right. Uh, I, th- there's some people I saw on Twitter wanted us to be positive, but I don't think there's any way that we can. 
uh, especially at this first part of this of this uh, game. This is a, the most anticipated Missouri football game in some time, I would say, and it fell absolutely flat for Missouri fans. Um, there were a decent amount of uh, fans in attendance there. Uh, I thought I thought the turnout was good for for the Mizzou showing. Uh, the turnout for the Missouri football team was not good. They go and they drive on the they, they get a good drive on the first drive of the game. Uh, Brady Cook made some things uh, happen with his feet. Had a couple good passes. Harrison Eves gets a field goal. I was talking mess after that field goal. I was saying, I bet you guys wish your kicker could make a field goal like that. Um, and that didn't age very well. Uh, it did not because after that, the offense was non-existent. Well, they scored three game. more at some point. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Shout out to Harrison Mevis. Yeah. <laughs> Only bright spot of this whole game. So no, it game. was it was horrible. It was, I mean, it was embarrassing to put it, you know, to put it lightly. It was embarrassing. And shout out to the people that went to the game, the Mizzou fans, yeah. Tucker. Uh, my brother was there. Shout out to my brother. Um, <laughs> like shout out to the fans that went and because I mean, we all picked Mizzou to lose. I think. Mm. There was a lot of optimism by Missouri fans of wanting to go back and play a team that we've, I mean, historically have, we have an overall record, but with them, you know, obviously we all know how the nineties went. We lost like 13 years in a row. When I was at Mizzou, we didn't lose to them. So I think a lot of people saw those years, like when I was at Mizzou and it's like, oh, this is good. Like we play K-State really well. I think there was optimism, even though they kind of probably knew that there shouldn't be like we did. But like we all picked Mizzou to lose. I picked Mizzou, I picked K State 27-17. But nobody saw that coming. That wasn't losing. That was that was Purdue 2017. That was Tennessee last year. That was if those teams play a hundred times, neither one of them should ever win 40 to 6. And that's what it was. I shout out to your bat, Tucker, but that was a 40 to 6 game that frankly um, yes. Had K-State's offense really played very well, could have been like 58 to 6 because they started four drives on Missouri's side of the 50 and I think got a combined 10 points out of them. I, I mean, right. I didn't think K-State's offense was all that good and that game was still over mid-second or mid-third quarter. Uh, yeah. it, it's not – I think people could have handled a loss to Kansas State but that wasn't just a loss. That was, you know, that was a week full of a fan base talking about, well, you play in that JV conference and you're, you, you don't even play real football over there. And Missouri fans went to bed Saturday night knowing not only are you probably not going to be very good in the sec right now, you wouldn't be very good in the big 12 either. This has nothing to do right. with what conference you play in. This has to do with one team just flat didn't show up. And I'll give it to K-State, though. This is probably K-State's best team since 2012. So let's – I'm going to – you know, as bad as Mizzou played, I would say K-State played okay. Like, they have Deuce Vaughn, and he ran a lot, and we knew he was going to run a lot. Like, we kind of called that. But I didn't feel like Deuce Vaughn beat Missouri. Uh, he, um, actually, he had – he ended up with, I don't know, 130 yards or something, but a lot of those were late when the game was over. Um, I just saw a tweet. Uh, you want to guess Adrian Martinez's quarterback rating this year? This it's year, not it's from good. zero to a hundred. Yeah. yeah, I know it's not good because he had like a fifty-one, it's, I think, for this game. Well, yeah, his quarterback rating for the season is thirty-four. Yeah, yeah. and that say, team just beat you 17. four to six. You know, I mean, 
it was it, like I, that game was just more about Missouri, not and I'm not saying Missouri's the better team. They're they weren't, and they probably aren't. Um, but I don't think that was about K State playing an A game by any means. No, I don't think K State played very well at all. Especially you talk about that final line for AJ Martinez: nine for twenty, one hundred and one yards. Uh, no touchdowns, no interceptions. He had a rushing touchdown. Deuce Vaughn, 24 carries, 145 yards with two touchdowns, like we mentioned. Um, a lot of those were garbage time yards. The touchdowns weren't, um, but I'd say a lot of those were were some garbage time yards. But I, you look at the just some of the PFF grades. We talk about these a lot. Take them with a grain of salt. You know, you use them when they work in your favor. You don't when they don't work in your favor, right? But Missouri's offense was very bad. Um, graded wise, it doesn't take a, a real football mind to be able to break that down. It, it doesn't. Um, and the first thing I actually wrote down on our sheet on the overall thoughts, I don't know if you guys saw this, I said, what the hell was that? Um, because like, that was kind of my react, my first reaction of just like, well, what happened? How come, how come, I guess we're, let's get into this. How come Luther burden only had four targets? How come Luther Burden, your best player, doesn't touch the ball very much? I get it. I get the conditions aren't very good, but you just ran him in Wildcat against Louisiana Tech. How come you don't try any of that against Kansas State? I know it's probably it's a better team. How come you don't try to get the ball into his hands a little bit more? I thought that that was a crime in itself, and that was really disappointing for me to see. The analysts said the same to thing, too. Ball. But that said, the first pass that was thrown to him was dropped. Um, the second pass that was thrown to him – Look, I don't know. I saw a replay. I had my opinions of how we could divide up blame between Brady Cook and Luther Burden on that. I think most people are saying it's 100% on Brady Cook. I don't think that was fair. It was not a perfect pass. I thought there could have been a little bit more effort to catch the ball there. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Mm -hmm. you guys saw replays more than I did, certainly. I feel like there could have been a little more effort on a few of the drops by multiple players. <laughs> That's fair. And I mean, I know it was pouring down rain, which I mean, we'll probably get into as well if that benefits K-State versus Missouri's game. I mean, it was just ugly. And everything on offense, like you're just talking about degrees of blame, right? Mm-hmm. The offensive line was bad. The quarterback was bad. The running backs were bad. The wide receivers were, I don't know, there. The tight ends, I guess, were there. I don't really have any proof there's tight ends on this team. The game plan was bad, and the play calling was bad. But other than that, yeah. solid offensive day out of Missouri. Well, I think that's a, what a lot of people are upset about, right, is when it, when it comes to the play calling. And that's another thing I put down on the sheet. Brady Cook didn't look good. Jack Abraham looked worse. But I don't know if Eli did them any favors um, in terms of trying to, to help them out. I know a lot of people are upset with Eli right now. Some people are even saying to fire him. I'm just saying pump the brakes. It's, it's year th- game two of year three. All right, folks, let's chill a little bit on that front. That might be the only positive thing that I say is just hold on a second uh, with Eli Drinkwitz. But, man, I just think to have a, to have an hour delay – and then on third and the next play out of out of the delay is a quarterback draw. I can't say what I said in that stadium when I saw Brady Cook tuck the ball and run for, I don't know, it was like three yards or something like that, if that. And I, that's not safe for these airwaves to hear what I said about I, that. 
I was actually impressed they didn't need a timeout out of the weather delay. I, like we were joking during the weather delay. We're like, if Missouri comes out and calls timeout before they snap the ball, that's going to be I the swear. most amazing thing ever. But <laughs> I, again, we talked about this last week. Tell me that didn't look like a coach who wasn't very confident in his quarterback. 100%. Exactly that's what, what it looked like. like. And yeah. now I, I'm a big anti blame the play calling guy because I just called the touchdown play. Right. Man. And to be fair, they had two 75-yard touchdowns to Luther Burden dialed up. And as an SEC starting quarterback, you've got to make one of those. You should make both, but you've got to make one. Um, and they didn't make either. So I, I, I think the play calling wasn't perfect, but I think it's more often execution than anything. And, like, I don't even – we could just play a game. Where do you start the blame? And I don't really – I don't know. It's all over. And I still think even with those two passes, that's not even trying to get Luther the ball enough. And I think most people agree. Like the TV announcers, I think they said Luther hasn't touched the ball, I don't know, 28 times in the first half. It it was ridiculous. There's no there's no reason for that. You have him. You have to find out, figure out how to get him the ball. Somehow because the Wildcat, I don't care. He he has to touch get touches. It's not like you're doing a lot of other things well, right? right. It's not like, yeah. oh, it's okay. Dominic Lovett had 180 yards or Nate Pete was running all over the place. I, I mean, I, nothing was working, you know? No. I think at halftime I looked at the – I was looking at the box scores and the stats and all of that, and we were ne- – like there were just a bunch of negative signs next to everybody's names. I was like, at that point, just do anything. Get creative. I'm, they ended the first quarter with negative passing yards. They did Yeah. I know that they had negative two passing yards in the first quarter, um, which is tough to do, you know, so <laughs> going to be, be trying to get negative two passing yards. Yeah. Looking at the stats right now, just the final lines, Dom Lovett, uh, 66 yards, three catches. Uh, no receiver had more than three catches. Um, not good. Um, I'll say that right now. Toski Dove, 34 yards. Barrett Bannister, 18. Nathaniel Pete, 15. All of those guys, three catches. Luther Burden, only one catch for three yards. Um, n- not only to mention, I don't really want to want to harp on just kind of that last sequence of after the rain delay, but I think it, it, it was a real momentum turner. I think allowing that that punt return for a touchdown also just kind of was the straw that I think broke the back. I, I think after that, that game was done. As far as it was concerned, that game, Mizzou had no business being in that game anymore. And then after that, you get four interceptions from two quarterbacks. So um, that also didn't. In go, the span so. of six passes, by the way. I think it was 10 plays, right? 10 plays, six Ten passes, plays, four six interceptions. Passes. I tweeted at one point they'd had three consecutive passes intercepted, which I assumed was the school record. I don't know. Maybe somebody got four consecutive passes intercepted at one point. But I lost. Shout out to the defense on that because, like you said, though, I mean, I think it was field goal, field goal, missed field goal, touchdown, maybe. And they got all like three of those within. I mean, the special teams, not good. Besides Harrison Mavis, not good. I mean, those punts. And I, I don't I don't blame the defense for anything in the second half because they knew everybody mm-hmm. knew. I mean, even Chad Bailey and God bless the defensive players that say this. I, I love it when they come out and say, well, look, if, if we're not scoring on offense, then we just got to score on defense or we didn't do our job. No, that's not really how it works. I mean, right. credit to you for saying it. But also, I, 
the defense got knifed through on the first two drives. The defense did have a part in getting down 14-3. And I don't know about you guys, but at 14-3, I didn't see any sign that game wasn't over. You know, I, I didn't see any way Missouri was scoring 14 points. Yeah. Blake just Blake Baker adjusted pretty well in the second half, though, I felt. Yeah, but. I mean, the defense is better than last year, not as good as people hoped it was last week. Is that fair? I think that's I think that's incredibly Absolutely. fair. Yeah, uh, I I think that the this is going to be hard to say. I'm going to kind of talk out of both sides of my mouth here. I think the defense did as much as they could to keep them in the game with the, what the offense gave them. Now, I I don't I'm with you, Gabe. I really don't think that I ever thought, oh, Mizzou's going to go down and score a touchdown here. That was never a thought that I had watching that game. I thought, please don't throw an interception here. <laughs> um, you were like, usually disappointed. Yeah, I was. Um, and Maggie, to your point, the punts were not great either. So it was like one of those sayings. It was just like, uh, what's what's that called? Murphy's Law, what can go wrong will go wrong. Is kind of every, That was just the, the culmination of that game for Mizzou. It was just like nothing was bouncing right. I think the photo that's going around of drink, I, you used it on your column, Gabe, which mm-hmm. very good column. Go check that out, powermizzou.com. Um, go read it. Uh, the the photo of Eli drink, which is kind of like grimacing, um, wincing almost is just like, that just sums up. that. Game. It was like the Michael Scott face from the office. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Just, just incredibly frustrating game. Um, yeah. And, and I think what's, what's even worse is that like, it was on the it was in the road, right? I know that for a lot of people that went there, then you had to drive to if you're in Kansas City at least, you had to drive two hours, four hours if you're going back to Columbia. It's just like one of those games you just got your your butt handed to you. Now you gotta go 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 to take the long jaunt home. But I mean, there's no way they're actually that bad, right? That has to be so. the worst they're gonna play this season, I think. I would hope so. I, I mean I would I would uh I would 100% hope so. And I remember we talking at the beginning of the season, you said, hope no Tennessees. We need no Tennessees. Well, this was a Tennessee. Got a Tennessee in week two. Uh, that one stings. I think their defense is better than what they showed um, on this weekend. I would like to think that their offense is better, but listen, there's just something about Brady Cook's ball that I don't like. It's a, it's a sort of je ne sais quoi in the negative sense of it, of that when, when I see him throw a ball, I'm just like, there's something about it I don't necessarily feel confident in. It seems like... On a couple seems, of them, I assume what you didn't like was that they went to the wrong team. That's that's about... That's that's, that's one that's of them. Yeah. That's the worst one. That's, that's a part of it. But yeah, there's just a, a couple times, and I think Eli might feel this way too, when the ball leaves his hand, it's just like, that just didn't doesn't look right sometimes well and his offensive line didn't do him any favors i mean he i wouldn't even say he was super rushed a lot but he played very rushed where he made that decision to run super early as opposed to staying composed and making the decision it was definitely his worst of the three games that we've seen him play and not even close well and this is where like coming off last week, we talked, uh, I don't know if Louisiana Tech, I don't know if that means a whole lot, right? Because if you watch that game and I, I, you know, I don't know what the TV angles are. I know what the press box angle is. And I know that we were talking in the press box three, four, five times. He threw that ball too late. Like yep. he had that guy a second and a half earlier. And against Louisiana Tech, that still gets completed. But when you win 52 to 24, whatever it was, 
Nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wanted to hear last week, yo, Brady Cook was throwing the ball late, or the offensive line still, why why you got to hate? They won 52-24. Because the next week, that shows up. When you play real teams, that shows up. And there was one, I mean, it was, I think when Missouri kicked the second field goal, the third down pass, Dominic Lovett is open. I mean, he's Mm -hmm. open. And Cook threw it two seconds late and behind him. And by that time, he wasn't open and he got to settle for a field goal. And that point, it was still 20 to three. You know, you score there, you're 20 to 10. Those things matter. And there are a lot more problems than just quarterback. But you are whistling past a graveyard with a lot of dead people in it if you don't admit that there's a quarterback problem. Absolutely. It kind of felt like he was targeting – he – knew that he had options but he wasn't looking at any of the options it's like he knew that he was supposed to throw to luther on that play and he's like i'm throwing to luther regardless if luther is available for me to throw to because there was multiple plays that he targeted one or the other and the other one was wide open and he just missed i had a little bit of a conversation with matt lane we do uh we do the kcsnu kickoff show now we're kind of looking at all the area teams and also giving our favorite slate of games you can catch that saturday mornings on the kcsnu youtube page and we were talking about this missouri game and he asked me about brady cook you know uh matt lane loves to sit down break down uh prospects he's very big into the nfl draft he's he's telling he's been telling me about what he thinks about him and i said you know all brady cook really has to do is get the ball in the hand of his playmakers if brady mm-hmm. cook can do that he will be a successful quarterback if he can get the ball to dom love if he can get it to luther burden i don't care how far down the field it is i don't care if it's a slant i don't care if it's a screen if luther burden's touching the ball dom love touching the ball if nate pete's getting the ball if eli young's getting the ball mookie cooper barrett banister if these guys are getting the ball that's fine he doesn't have to go out and throw for 400 yards but that's totally to right that. And how many of the comments and questions we got after week one were, why do we throw me so many stupid screens? Right. Like, yeah. that's fine. All get them a the ball. At least they're complete. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let them you make know, the move. Give those guys a chance. Mm-hmm. No, I wrote that down too. I was like, we talked about that last week about what we need from Brady Cook. And he did not give us the things that we said that we needed. And it very basic. <laughs> things he he needs to be alex smith yes he he needs to throw five yard passes complete them maybe a guy breaks a tackle when it's available run that's all they're asking out of him because that they can win six i don't know if they can win seven anymore but they can win six that way um and yes you do have to take a deep shot now and again and you're gonna have to connect on one sooner or later um but you know just I think a lot of defensive football is willing to give up the five-yard pass. We'll give you that Mm five-yard pass because we believe that if we give it to you six straight times, you're going to eventually screw it up and not complete it. And more games are lost than are won because more teams make those mistakes than don't. And, uh, you know, I I don't know. At some point, you just have to say, that's fine. We'll just take the five yards over and over and over. And eventually – Luther's going to break a tackle or some guy's going to blow his coverage or something's going to happen. But I'm not worried about if this team can hit for 50. I'm worried if they can just get a few first downs every drive. Yeah. Their inability to move the ball was very um, discouraging. And, and 
I think Kansas State might be a good team. I don't think that they are uh, college football playoff contenders as they like to think that they are. Um, that's not possible in my in my opinion. Uh, but I do think that they're they're actually good. Good. They'll end the season ranked. They'll have a good bowl game. Um, I think that that's all reasonable expectations for them, and they're not just good for Kansas State, right? I think they might um, exceed the history. Maybe. But but also maybe that's a, a blueprint for Missouri because if they are that. They're that with a quarterback that I don't is yeah. is anybody really impressed? He's fine, Absolutely I not. guess. All he has to do is not screw up. Yeah, he played good, like okay in the first half. Like I was like, oh, he's doing exactly what we said that we were gonna let them do. And we were like, let's shut down Dusan, let's make Adrian Martinez throw the ball. He did it, they made completions. We were kind of playing that game like you were just talking about, Gabe. You're like, we'll give him the five yards. The only problem is. If you're at second and five, like you said last week, all game, you're going to win the game. <laughs> so that yeah. was kind of the issue. But yeah, I mean, he didn't do anything crazy to beat us at all. Yeah. And it, go ahead. I, I, I was just going to say, I think we're almost in the opposite place where we were last week, where Louisiana yeah. Tech was like kind of bad enough that we said, I don't really know what we learned. Missouri was so bad. I don't know what you like. This is the one where, you take the tape out on the practice field and bury it in a hole mm-hmm. or something, right? Like just, we can't learn anything because it, well, I was going to say something that I don't want to say. I'll, I'll make an analogy to like, that's when you had a test in high school and you went out and got wrecked the night before and you were hung over and went in with like punch on your shirt. And you were like, well, I, I mean, I got a 12, but like, I'm not that stupid. I, I would normally get better than a 12. I just wasn't at all ready to take the test. Mm. yeah and they did seem woefully they did woefully preparation is a big thing and i think drink said that in his press conference that he was not prepared which you never want to hear that from a coach ever but 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 you'd rather hear that than i don't know we gave him the game plan my players just sucked right like that's why he gets four million dollars he's to sit up there and take the bullets and And he said, and I wrote, Ben Fredrickson wrote, I think anybody that covered that game wrote, he said, blame me. Absolutely, I'll blame you. You deserve it for that game. That was a poorly coached, unprepared football team. There's no other way to look at it. And now, do they have the guys to to win that game? I don't know. Execution was bad. But that was a poorly coached team that was not ready to play a game that its fan base had been pointing to for nine months. I I don't know if, if they had been, you know, they played up the, Hey, one game, it's just another game, all that. And that's fine. I, I don't know that that's a big rivalry. I don't think Chris Kleiman playing up the rivalry impacted the game, but his team wasn't ready to play the game. So 100%, he gets all the blame for that. It seems like Kansas State really enjoyed the thrashing of Mizzou, um, yeah, like play, from players to coaches. Um, and, and they did it. I, I can't remember in the press game. I think Eli Huggins, who's their their nose tackle, yeah. was talking about Missouri. Kept talking trash about Deuce, even when the game was out of hand. Um, the the, the post game embrace was not necessarily warm from Chris Kleiman and Eli Drinkwitz. Uh, there were some tweets from the Kansas State athletic department tweeting about the billboard. Obviously, um, even some of the recruiting people mocking the mocking of Avery Johnson. Uh, the love is real was tweeted out a whole lot from Kansas state fans, which is fine. Um, 
it's, when it's you fun. go to the press conference with a lightsaber and dance on the grave of a man who just got fired, it comes back to you. Missouri's going to get it a lot because their yeah. coach gives it out. And it's all deserved and good for Kansas State. They deserve – and also, there are a bunch of kids on that team from the area that Missouri That's didn't recruit. Missouri didn't recruit Felix. They didn't recruit Deuce Vaughn. And I'm not saying that's Eli's fault or whatever, but kids like that, it is a little bit personal when when you play them and, and when you go out and show them they probably should have taken you. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In all fairness, and I was talking to Tucker a little bit about this uh, before we went live, no Power 5 school recruited Felix. So, I mean, yeah. it, I mean, good for him. And I told K-State fans this before the game. I said, great for him. He got his opportunity and he's making, you know, he's making the most of it. That's amazing. That's what every player, that's what um, Michael Sam did. I mean, you look at all the Missouri two stars that have done mm -hmm. that, that player people didn't want. I mean, not very many people wanted Chase Daniel. It's you can't look back on it and be like, I'm holding this grudge from four years but, ago that nobody. But you can though. Michael Jordan made a whole career out of it. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes just told the whole world yesterday nobody thought he could play in the NFL. Dude was drafted number ten overall. Everybody <laughs> thought he could play in the NFL. Like that's it, it's stupid, but. Nick Saban, after seven national championships, has had players say, well, nobody thought we could do this but us. No, literally everybody thought you could do it. Yeah, you know, but they, it, it doesn't have to be real for them to use it. Mm. That's true. And and I, I think that the maybe not Felix being recruited by Mizzou is more of a conversation about the Barry Odom recruiting era because, boy, howdy, that was bad. Exactly. Um, but that was to a, be fair, again, like Maggie said, literally – no, right. Like, I'd never heard of him till last year. I didn't know who he was. Yes, yeah. to be fair, yes. Uh, but there are a lot of guys on that Kansas State team who didn't, didn't touch. And I can see I can see a chip. Um, they definitely played like it, and they wanted they wanted to get back at Mizzou. Maybe probably more than Mizzou wanted to get at them. Um, and I think I that, that kind of showed. 
I stayed pretty quiet after the game, obviously. I had, I mean, I stayed quiet before the game. I, I'm not one yeah. to start anything, especially when I think we're probably going to lose. But uh, in terms of the the love is real tweet, um, I did get a, a future Mizzou recruit follow on Twitter after that game of somebody who uh, the love is real may have been about. So I don't, I think a lot of people are kind of worried about um recruits a lot but it's one of those things just like take a second players aren't committing or not committing based on one game between mizzou and k-state they're not it's just this is their life it's their livelihood it's their future they're not looking at this game and being like oh guess i gotta go to k-state now it's just not happening the the only i've covered recruiting for 19 years the only person i've ever heard that did that was adrian peterson he was going to go to Texas and he went to the Red River shootout one year and Oklahoma just kicked their ass and he committed to Oklahoma. That's kind of sweet though. That's like, kind of, <laughs> that's kind of cool. Um, no, I know a lot of people are worried about Josh. Manning. I think people are, uh, are more worried about Josh Manning decommitting than I think Josh Manning is worried about decommitting. Um, I don't think that that's going to happen. Uh, his brother is at Mizzou. Um, and I know a lot of Kansas or Kansas State fans were like, oh, they only got him because his brother's there. Like, yeah, he probably wants to be with his brother. That's a that's a rare opportunity to play Division One football with your brother. I didn't get anything about Josh Manning decommitting. Uh, most of the stuff I saw from Missouri fans was terrified that the current receiver on the team is like entering the portal in the next 16 minutes or didn't have chill out. I, multiple, I multiple. Game two. I swear, people are so excited for, or scared, excited, nervous. I, I, the whole whole arena of college football wants the burden to transfer, except Missouri fans. They're so self conscious about it. They're like, "He's leaving." He's anytime anything goes wrong, it's like Luther's gone. This is this is a disaster. <laughs> Missouri made him play in the, in the rain. Luther's going to transfer. Now. <laughs> he doesn't like the rain. Like, he said, "Don't let it rain." When he came here, I feel like I should I should skip to a question real quick and just kind of ask it because it's about it. yeah. that type of situation. It. So um, it was kind of what is the most optimistic view of the season that we can have at this point, and is our primary goal this year keeping Luther happy? This is, I, I mean, they have to get him the football, right? Mm-hmm. But he's one guy of twenty two on the field. I got a lot of I feel bad for the defense and Luther. <laughs> Why do you feel worse for Luther than Nate Pete or Dominic Lovett yeah. or like they're also on the team and you know, it, it like he's a good player and yeah, he needs the ball more and all that. I'm not saying any of that is wrong, but he is, I, this is what we talked about. A wide receiver can't change the program by himself. Right. I, I mean, you need, the other parts of the offense to find and wide receivers, the only group that I wouldn't have given an F on the offense, because if, if the line's not going to block and the quarterback can't throw wide receivers, like they can't impact the game. Absolute, Randy Moss yeah. isn't Randy Moss without Dante Culpepper and Randy Cunningham or uh, Randall Cunningham, Randy. I just call him Randy or Tice, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but without the dudes to get him the ball, he's not Randy Moss. So, uh, yeah, I don't Luther. I expect Luther to be in uniform on Saturday. That's good. Good to hear. We also, breaking I feel news. like we live breaking news. Luther will be a Missouri Tiger this weekend. Should just do a transfer like, portal update every Sunday. Yeah. It's a burden. Luther is still here. I also feel like this is one of those things where you see it so much more in college football now. 
players, because social media is so big, players are recruiting other players. I mean, that's go out there and try to get these offensive linemen to come protect you or to come, you know, I mean, that's you. I see it all the time from other teams and there's a few Mizzou players that'll do it. Uh, Josh Manning has done it. Um, now uh, Logan has been doing it with some players, but like get these guys here, like convince them to come here and play with you and that there's a bigger vision and a purpose. You can't, like you said, you can't do it on your own. I mean, that was back in, in 2006 or so, whenever Nebraska fired Bill Callahan. I swear to God, Andrew Jones drove to Lincoln and got their recruiting list and just called every kid on it and said, yo, you want to come here? Dan Hope came. Blaine Gabbert came. You know, I mean, he was recruiting everybody in America. Yeah. No, I think uh, I th- one part of the question was optimistic view of the season, right? What's optimistic view? I think I think making a bowl is going to be pretty optimistic at this point. I'll be honest with you. So it's it's kind of weird. I picked them seven and five and picked them to lose this game. Mm -hmm. So theoretically, I should still think seven and five, right? But Mm -hmm. I don't know, man. I don't. I don't know how you get to. I mean, (sighs) four and eight's on the table, guys. Auburn scares me. I I thought that they would like I I like Gabe. You and I were in the same boat. Thought they would lose this game. Thought they would beat Auburn. Auburn hasn't looked great their first two games, but I don't know if this team can beat Auburn. Not there. Auburn. Yeah. Not same, with, same with South Carolina. I don't think South Carolina is great, but no. who is Missouri beating on the road? You know, um, so they're going to win this weekend and it's not going to matter. There's our analysis of this game. Um, yeah. They're going to beat New Mexico State. I, I'm fairly confident they still beat Vanderbilt. At home on homecoming. I, other than that, I think they find one more. But I've gone from seven and five to five and seven based on Saturn. I think that's super fair. I mean, people don't realize because they look at our schedule and they're like, this is one of our easiest ones. We don't have Bama. We don't have LSU. I mean, we still have Arkansas. So I don't know why people are, you know, looking at it that way. But our road schedule is brutal. It is not. I mean, Tennessee, Florida, South Carolina, Auburn, all on the road. That's tough. Here's why Missouri's schedule is tough. This is the same schedule they played in 2018, except they get Auburn instead of, I think, Ole Miss. That 2018 team went eight and four. And Missouri fans are like, well, they only went eight and four because they had the easiest schedule ever. Well, it's the same schedule. You know what's different? Tennessee got good again. Kentucky got better. Florida got better. Arkansas got better. So what's the problem here? All those teams got better. Is Missouri any better? There's the discussion. There's there's where the schedule is harder because every got everybody got better while you stood there and watched them pass. Right. I mean, and that a lot of that comes down to the quarterback position. I think we're more skilled on in certain level. I mean, I think our wide receiver room is better than it was than what Drew Lock had, but Drew Lock had Albert O. So right. I mean, tight ends worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, running backs worse offensive line. Uh-huh. I don't remember the 2018 offensive line, but which is good. That means thing. that they yeah. probably just did their job. <laughs> right. They probably <laughs> I mean, were, were fine. That's kind of all you really, you really want. Um, but yeah, I mean, we haven't, we haven't gotten better and do we have better players hopefully in that freshman room? You hope I'd so. Like to, I'd like to see some of them get on the field. Luther was yeah. the only freshman that played on Saturday. Interesting. Yeah. 
Did they and have I, and I'm not freshmen? saying that's a good spot to throw Jamari and Wayne out on the field or anything. I, that's not my point. But if these recruiting classes are as good as people said they were, by the way, rivals included, I full blame. Mm-hmm. If these classes aren't good, rivals was wrong. Um, but at some point, we've got to start seeing these 2021 and 22 kids you know, make an impact. Now, I'm not saying it's reasonable to expect a kid in his second game to make a major impact, but right. um, that's the point. It's also why any talk of Eli's job is premature and dumb. I also He's going do... to be the coach next year unless he breaks the yes. law. It's a, a good and way even to put then, it. who knows? Because we've seen that happen before. <laughs> well, fair. Yeah. I, I will it, say it depends that... on how serious the law is. But yeah. Right. We, we could do a chart of like laws <laughs> that he could break and stay the coach and laws that he could break and be fired. Yeah. We'll dedicate a whole episode to it. <laughs> I think the Petrino chart. <laughs> Is he still at uh, Missouri State, Missouri by the State. way? They're number five in the country. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're Pro- kind of. But they get Arkansas this Promise week. you there's going to be SEC fan bases that want to hire him. Promise you there would be some Missouri fans that would want to hire him. If Probably Nebraska fans that want to hire him. They're, they're looking Dreadful. for a coach. Um Dreadful. Yeah, um, I think I don't know, Gabe. Tell me if I'm fair in saying this: is is Eli's job tied to the success of Sam Horn? I think so. I said it. I mean, I and it's tied to Sam Horn being good, good enough next year that there's promise, right? Yeah. Um, because if if he's not good, you're talking four years in, and Last guy got fired at 500 after four years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I think Sam Horn has to be good for Eli to be good here. Uh, I, I think that's fair to say. And I, I had this discussion. So I wouldn't play Sam Horn yet. Actually, I would play him against Abilene Christian because I would play every kid who's on scholarship against Abilene Christian. That's a no-pressure situation. Throw him out there. Give him the fourth quarter. Let him throw some passes, all that. But if I'm two and four coming back from Gainesville, Florida, Sam Horn's my starting quarterback. Almost regardless of anything else. I've been I've been pilot piloting. I've been the um, the captain of the Sam Horn always ship. Um, preseason people ask me who I think should have been the starting quarterback. I said Sam Horn. I understand the kid got there in the fall. I understand he might not be ready. I get that. I do. But if all you have to do is get Luther Bird in the ball, he's got to be able to do that better than Brady Cook. I think he can do that better than Brady Cook. I understand that wanting to throw him out there in the Kansas State game, bad weather, nothing good comes of that. It's already a game that's lost. I get it. I understand. Do I like it? No, but I understand the reasoning. I I think that if Sam Horn is the guy that you think that he is, the dude that you think he is, the SEC quarterback that you think he is, he can go out there. And at least perform a little bit better, get the ball into the hands a little bit better uh, than, than what we've seen so far from the quarterback position. I mean, Jack Abraham came in and, and uh, that was that was the most flabbergasted I have been in a Missouri Tigers football game in some time. I see Jack Abraham coming to the game. I'm like, okay, s- sweet, two pick. I was just like, what is going on? It's just like it was like I entered the twilight zone. Is what happened, and I and I was didn't know left from right, up from down. It was it was quite a disorientating experience. But I I have always been Sam Horn is your guy. Sam Horn is the future. It's the Sam Horn's team. Um, and, and, I, and I understand the reasoning of what, what Eli said, but I go back to this as well. 
Eli was in the transfer portal very hard coming to the season. Mm-hmm. And now he's trying to tell us, I think Gabe, I think I saw you tweet this or write this. He tried to see, he's now trying to tell us that, Oh, this guy was here all along. We knew we wanted this right. guy. You also see JT Daniels at West Virginia, not playing very well. Um, Jaden Daniels at LSU had a good first game. Um, but you have to think that those two guys would be better than Brady Cook at this moment. I, I'm sorry. I had to say it. Yeah, I, I don't know if they'd be better, worse, or indifferent, but I just, I've never changed what I thought all offseason, which was he's looking for a starting quarterback because he doesn't think he has one. Right. And that's not, like, look, Brady Cook's a great kid. I, yeah. Dealing with the media, he's a kid that's easy for fans to root for. He always wanted to come here. This is his dream school. I'm not, Brady Cook's going to start this week. He's the best quarterback on this roster. I don't, think there's a lot of question about that right now as of today um and none of this is attempting to you know be mean to brady cook or shove him out the door or anything like that uh but everything the everything the coaches did in the offseason told me they weren't sold um they ended up going with him and you know we'll see he can get better um but again i he's he's for me he's the starter through the florida game but if you're two and four and you haven't figured out the offense, it's Sam Horn after that. Cause you know what? You got to find a way to put some butts in some of those seats after that. And at two and four, do it. they ain't going to come just for the heck of it. Yeah, JT uh, put up decent numbers. JT Daniels put up decent numbers against uh, Kansas, but oh, and one against KU couldn't beat them. So <laughs> not, not a, not a Mizzou true son or anything like not that. Not a ringing endorsement. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. I, th- I think he I think he's I think he made some money up there though. I think he's doing all right. Yeah. Maggie, do you have any more questions we want to wrap up the show with? I, I, I I'm, I'm ready to flush this game, I'll be honest. I've spent way too much time between like Kansas po- Kansas State podcast and then this podcast thinking about this game. I just flush it and be done with it. Yeah, someone commented on this on um somebody else's question is like it's time to reset. And I'm like Yes, I 100% agree with you. I'm ready to reset. And, you know, I hate skipping games and being like, you need, you know, start preparing for Auburn. But this game doesn't matter. The reality of the situation is that's what we need to do. So, yes. So this is from at Mizzou OOC. It's out of context. Uh, Do you think the rain played in well for K-State because they have such a ground heavy attack and ours is not so much like that? I think thought the forecast i thought oh that probably benefits k-state more than it does missouri um because yeah they are more they tend to run the football more and all that that said both teams played in the same weather mm-hmm. you know i mean uh like i don't think it's a reason the game turned out the way it did but i thought going in eh, that's probably a little fa- a little favorable to our k-state yeah that's what i, I was think gonna say. some people to found out me. Some people found out it was going to rain and because uh, on Twitter they had like made their predictions and they found out it was going to rain and they're like, oh, shoot, I need to <laughs> I need to change my over under and things like that. Right. So, but, but like credit to K-State fans, man, I would not have come back after that weather delay. I would oh, no. I mean, I wouldn't have gone to begin with. I would have just said, no, nah, it's too wet. I'll probably stay home. But I, that place was pretty full for a pretty long time. Yeah. yeah. Especially and, the well, student section. Maggie, you made a point about the over-under. I obviously said that I hit the live bets because I was in the state of Kansas, and you guys know the wait's over in Kansas. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated <laughs> sportsbook, is officially live in the state of Kansas just in time for football season. That means 
legally betting on same game parlays, spreads, money lines, and more anytime and anywhere across the Sunflower State. Did it right inside the stadium, inside the bill. I was able to place my bets. To celebrate, DraftKings is giving new Kansas customers a can't-miss offer. Bet just $5 on anything and get $200 in free bets instantly. What you got to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code KCSN to get $200 in free bets instantly. When you place a $5 bet on anything, that's code KCSN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Gambling problem? Getting help is your best bet. Call 800-522-4700. Must be 21 years or older. Physically present in Kansas. Eligibility restrictions apply. Bonus issued as free bets. One early win token issued at opt-in. Moneyline bets only. Deposit and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility in terms at DraftKings.com slash Kansas on behalf of Boot Hill Resort and Casino. Snuck that one in there at the buzzer. Perfect. Nailed it. Good work. Um, yeah. Thank you, um, I guess, uh, me and Mizzou out of context for um, bringing that to life. So True. I will give another one. So at uh, Jerbud, it looks like. I know there probably isn't going to be much from this game next Saturday that translates to future games this season, but what, if anything, do you need to see on Saturday to make you think this season might still trend in a positive direction? Nothing. I don't care if they win 176 to nothing. The next time I make any judgment about Missouri is noon in Auburn in 12 days. Oh, yeah. Another uh, 11 a.m. for us here in the Central. Uh, ESPN. Zone, so, yeah, ESPN, ESPN but 11 a.m. I mean, it's so. the third best game that day. They, like, people think they just put the crappy games at 11 a.m. The TV true. networks want one good game in every TV window. It's the third best game of the day. It got the third best time slot of the day. It's 11 o'clock. It's on national. But my favorite thing is, you know, I hate games at this time. I hate games at this time. And now like they get, and nobody wants it 11 a.m. But now the complaint is, oh, great. Now it's on ESPN. Now too many people are going to see us lose. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the only thing, I guess I'm okay with it being 11 a.m. for an away game I mean it was fine I didn't like that it was during the Alabama Texas game because that was a great game and I would have preferred to watch that game instead of being super loyal but here we are I've got an 8 a.m eastern time flight out of Atlanta Sunday morning I needed this to be an 11 a.m if it was a (laughs) night game I wasn't sleeping (laughs) um let me see what else I got here so um okay so we talked about the the preparedness of the offensive line. Is there anything that they can really do to get better? That's um, at Nick Hargis. Yeah. Um, I like, I don't know that the answers are on the roster, right? You would assume they're playing their five best linemen, but yeah. outside of Javon Foster and like credit to Zeke Powell, he played fine on Saturday. He did. Like I, you know, I, he, he was fine. Felix, wasn't really even on the field a lot of the second half. I don't think he, that he didn't need to be, but um, I think the interior is going to have some nightmares about the nose tackle. Uh, I'm assuming Connor Tolleson leads the country and false starts by center after Saturday. I mean, he has two. It seemed like yeah. a lot. Uh, he just didn't I, even hike the ball a couple of times. Like right, the entire right, line had the wrong snap count or something. Sitting there. Yeah. I'm like, oh. Um, I don't know that the, and look, this is the position. I mean, I just went through right before we started this, I posted on our board the like since Missouri joined the SEC 2012 to 2022, that's 11 recruiting classes. Missouri has signed three four-star or higher offensive linemen. Not one since 2015. Vandy has two Mississippi state five 
Arkansas six, Ole Miss six, everybody else in double digits. Uh, I mean, South Carolina has 10. Kentucky has it. That's where Missouri – and now, look, it doesn't explain Kansas State because they don't go sign four-star guys either. Mm-hmm. But that's the position that you look at and just say, hey, Logan Riker, like you need three more Logan Rikers, you know, yeah. and they've got to pan out. Um, and in all fairness, we've tried um, with some of those yeah. in-state guys or, you know, East St. Louis uh, lost out on Miles McVay, um, multiple trenches people. I mean, Roderick Johnson went to Florida State a few years ago. Brian Wallace to Arkansas. Dan Tapko a while ago went to OU. He didn't pan. Not all these guys pan out, but there have been some. Missouri just hadn't gotten very many of them. Right. That's rough. Right. That that lift your spirits, Tucker? You feel better? Not at all. No, that made me feel a whole lot worse. And Zeke, it's talking about Zeke Bell. He was the highest-rated offensive player, according to PFF, um, yeah. on Mizzou, which that tells you a lot. And it was which, a 70. It's so. like it, it, people say, well, how can that be? What? I mean, I don't know who are you giving a good grade to, right? Like, who got a good grade on the? I was Jack Abraham got a twenty-five. He threw two passes and they were both intercepted. Like, what's a guy got to do to get a three? Yeah, I think he seven. threw three passes. Two were intercepted. The other was incomplete. So. Oh, did he throw a third <laughs> yeah. pass? I think okay, he went over three. Didn't I'm, I'm pretty positive he went over three. Uh, okay. Yeah, over three. Over three. Uh-huh. So here is. Um, the question completion oh, b- the before grade. I get before I get to that, we were talking about how Felix didn't need to play a lot of the second half. Sure. Deuce played until four minutes left in the entire game. I'm just saying, I know people were mad that we scored yeah. late, but he played until there were four minutes it, left. It wasn't the entire because a lot of K State fans are like, we put our backups in. I'm like, mm. Adrian Martinez ran a quarterback draw with like five minutes left, and even everybody in the press box was going, Why are they doing this? Like this game is over. Get them out. Yeah. And not from a, like, it's an insulting standpoint. Just like, don't get hurt. What if Deuce Vaughn got hurt in that fourth quarter? The weather wasn't good. He could have slipped. We've seen a lot of, a lot worse happen with a lot better field conditions. So yeah, I mean, I get it. Yeah, it was I like 35 points at that, at that point. Like yeah, it was, it was crazy. Okay. So last question. And this is a hot topic. And for some reason we have not talked about it yet. So here we go. At J, I'm gonna butcher this. At J Gerbea, maybe. Uh, what is your opinion on hiring an offensive mind and to put to get to put together a game plan as opposed to Drink being a BOC? What? Why they hire Eli Drinkwitz? Because uh, exactly he's an offensive mind. <laughs> he but doesn't have a job that. if they do that. He does not have a job anymore if they have to hire somebody else to do that. Also, they have. 10 assistants to hire someone. He has to fire one of them or demote one of them like by NCAA rule. And I get it, but I just think play calling is way too easy of a culprit. Um, It throw it in there with the bucket of slop of everything else we saw on Saturday. And it was an ingredient, but not the only one. Yeah, that, that was a, that was a hot one. That was one I got a lot Mm -hmm. of DMS about. And I mean, I'll, I'll be perfectly honest. I've been on the we should have an offensive coordinator train for a long time, and I understand why we brought him but, in. That but that's that's guy. literally that that the equivalent is if if somebody DM'd and said, "Hey, I really like your guys' podcast, but like, could you hire somebody to host and produce it?" <laughs> no, we have a guy that does that. <laughs> I mean, like, that's me. You can think he does a terrible <laughs> job at it if you want, but like, that literally is his job. Yeah. 
I'm Eli yeah. Drinkwitz in this situation. <laughs> blame, I know. If, if you hate this podcast, blame Tucker. It's my fault. It is my. Yeah. <laughs> but what please if? Still, okay, so what if Tucker was? And rate, but what if Tucker wasn't doing that good of a job? Well, then they would fire him, right? And Josh Eipel. <laughs> right. I mean, they wouldn't say, "Yo, you." You kind of suck at this part of the job, but if you just want to sit here while the other guy does this part of the job, we will keep paying you. It's great. We I have will a... call you the producer. You just won't actually be the producer. <laughs> this is this is the situation that I. If you guys listen to this podcast, I don't know how much you follow Division Two football. Kind of the same situation that's going on with Northwest Missouri State. Um, actually, f- make this full circle. Uh, Adam Durrell, who's now the coach at Central Oklahoma, used to be the head coach of Abilene Christian who was at Northwest, a lot of people um, a lot of people were saying, hey, let's bring back Adam Doral from Abilene Christian. And I said, well, what's the head coach now going to do? They're like, well, we still want to make him the defensive coordinator. He can just be the defensive. He's not going to agree to that. That's like, that's like, that's like what is, Drink's not going to agree to have somebody else run his offense and uh, no. somebody else come in and call plays. That's not, they're not going to be okay with that. That's just kind of right. the, the, the situation. Although I... I'll be honest, if I could get paid the same amount and I could still be called the publisher, but I just had somebody else to do all the work, I actually mm. would agree to that. I don't know if Eli would, but I would agree to it. That's a good so, gig. So why do you think, though, that there's so many other programs, almost every other program in the country that either has an offensive-minded head coach or a defensive-minded head coach, and they all have offensive coordinators or defensive it's, coordinators? I mean, A, at a lot of places, it's a meaningless title. I mean, Josh Henson is USC's offensive coordinator. He does not run USC's offense. Yeah, Lincoln, Lincoln Riley, Riley absolutely. But it gets Josh a little bit more money. It puts a title on him so that if somebody else is looking to hire a coach, they're like, oh, this guy was OC at USC. We can sell that. Uh, and the sec- it's just a personal prep. Like Mike Gundy calls his own plays. He doesn't have he, – he literally, if you watch Mike Gundy during an Oklahoma State game, I don't even think he knows when his defense is on the field. He's just over there drawing up plays, right? Mike Leach, the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is what Eli, th- this is why he got hired. He got hired to be the offensive coordinator and the head coach. Um, and if he, if you think he's not, like I've seen people say, well, Desiree's got to go demand that he hires an offense. That's not how this works, guys. You hire the coach to run his staff and to, delegate as he sees fit and if he's not delegating in a way that you think is good enough then rather than go tell him you have to hire an offensive coordinator you just fire him and you hire a new head coach i agree that's fair that's fair hopefully that answered uh so tucker who's producing next week well we'll see (laughs) we'll see if i can get the producer title and get to not do anything i'd like that but uh, I hope that was cathartic for you, Mizzou fans. It was certainly cathartic for me. Now I'm, t- I'm ready to not talk about this game ever again. Um, we can agree on that. We we don't have to talk about it ever again. Uh, Abilene Christian this week. You can watch that. I think it's an ESPN Plus game. Um, I think that's right. So you might need to have ESPN Plus to watch this game. Nothing's really going to come out of it. Sorry to be so pessimistic with it. Um, in, ter- in short, I think we need to pump the brakes on Eli. You need to pump it a little bit. You, game two, year three, it'll be all right. Just give it a little so bit. So I have one, I have one question about Abilene Christian. Okay. Give me a number. How many times between pass attempts and rushes did they attempt to get Luther Burden the ball in this game? Um, oh, 15 to twenty. I think that they 
I think that's right. I think that the way that, so obviously I watched the game on TV, like I love to do, as I talk about. Luther was clearly frustrated. Yes. Very clearly frustrated. And they made a point, the announcers made a point to point that out. And it's kind of like the question that we asked, are we playing to keep Luther happy? This game we might be. They're going to give him the ball so many times. He has to. He has to have it. I mean, he has to get on pace for our 12,000 yards and 12 touchdowns. He needs 12,000 yards. <laughs> I need to get 1,000 yards. That would be a record, game. I feel like. Yeah, I just. Also, as I have one more thing to say before we wrap it up. Yeah. Um, as a Twitter person, okay, please do not tweet at recruits. And I'm uh, not recruits. I'm sorry, at players during mm. these things. If you want, I'm not going to tell you not to tweet at drink. Do what you want to do. I, I can't control you. But tweet at the person that makes $4 million and not the person that's sponsored by Sugar Fire. Shout out Sugar Fire. But you know what I mean? Like, these, yes, I get it. Kids are getting paid money. Most of them aren't getting paid that much. So just like take a tweet moment. At, tweet at Maggie. She bit. likes your tweets. Yeah, tweet at me. You already do. So it's. <laughs> Blame me for the loss. I'm sure I'll take some heat. <laughs> All right, I'm ready to be done with this podcast. I'm sorry, guys, but I'm, I'm just, out of things to say. It's yeah. it was this is so mentally taxing this game as a whole. So now we don't have to think about that. Next week we're going to talk about a 1,000 to zero win uh, for the Missouri Tigers over the Abilene Christian Wildcats. I believe another purple Wildcats. Uh, the Chiefs doubling up on Chiefs. Look at me already. I'm, my brain's <laughs> fried. Uh, the, the Missouri Tigers are playing. So next week we'll be back with another episode. Thank you guys for listening all the way to the end. Make sure to like the video if you're watching this on YouTube. Subscribe to KCSNU, our new home for all uh, all local athletics of the college variety on Kansas City Sports <laughs> Network, our you, new YouTube page there. So also, if you're listening to this on the podcast, drop a five-star rating and leave a review if you feel so inclined, but you can only leave a rating and a review if you like the show. Those are the rules that we set here. So thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.